The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. Nick. And it's my anniversary, the day we're recording this. So if you're listening to this tomorrow, maybe I got laid last night. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I'm going to get yelled at for that one. I am. That's going to be a talking to. And this is the point where I could say, let's edit that out. Let's not. Let's roll with the punches. How's it going, Nick? I'm alive. Um, we're here. We're both alive in front of computers. We are. We are. Um, dude, what the fuck do you even say about this team? Like, do you – there's a little bit of an age difference here. So, like, you don't remember 1995. No, like, for me, the dark ages are, like, 2013, 2014, 2016. My first year watching was 2000. So I, like, came in at the end of the dynasty, sort of. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. like, 95 – like, 94 – I would go to games before that, but 94 when the strike happened, I remember it was like, the Yankees are really good. They're going to stop playing baseball. Why? Like that was, you know, at, at that age, at nine years old. They had the best record, game. right? When the yeah. strike came. Uh, yeah. I think in the AL, I think. Yes. And the Expos. In yeah. The end. Yeah. Okay. So it was like, oh shit, like we're going to be good. Uh, and then, you know, baseball came back. I was excited about that because now, you know, I'm getting more into it. You're not playing coach pitch anymore. And then it was like, oh, well, there's this wild card. Like we can make the wild card. And it didn't seem like a um, it was new. The Yankees were going to make the world the playoffs for the first time. Like I had never seen playoff baseball. And it felt like, well, that's a chance to win the World Series. But it became like, how are we going to get there kind of thing, you know? And so there were some bad stretches of baseball. And I remember just like the the cocktease of we were so good last year. They stopped playing baseball. I want to be that again. And we snuck in. But there were some bad stretches. And this is more than a bad stretch. This sucks. 
it's it's really insane. I, so they're at they're at eight losses in a row. They're sixty and sixty four. I've never seen that. We've never seen them out of it in August, in in my lifetime. It, it's very painful. And I'm surprised because you know I was told once Judge came back, everybody else was going to start magically playing better. And we had Nestor coming back, and we had Lawizaga coming back. You know the cavalry was coming, and the cavalry didn't do shit. No, no, no. The cavalry did a combination of not doing shit and actually like getting worse, like the exact opposite and getting like more injured and just not being able to deliver. And, and you know, we've tried the root of the problem is Brian Cashman. He got us in this position. Barstool has their first like fire Cashman shirts. Like it's the first fire Cashman shirt on the market. You know, Barstool's owned by Portnoy again, so it's like they're not answering. Like, John Boy has a lot of shirts, right? They're not selling Fire Cashman oh, no. shirts. no. God, no. Because they have the MLBPA license, and, like, they have Boone every week. Bald Vinny might. I don't really, like, know what he does. So, like, but this is it. Someone has to make one Fire Cashman shirt, and now they're all coming. Like, it's just going to grow. Someone has to be the first to, like, break the ice. Um. But I haven't loved Aaron Boone as a manager. I didn't think he was like an amazing pick, would have liked someone who had some coaching experience. I don't think you loved him. No one has ever said, well, the good thing about Boone is his in-game decision-making. Never once. The thing that even the biggest Boone haters have always been able, have always conceded is, he can motivate the guys. You know, years that we're not supposed to, he wins 102 games. He could find a way to get something, you know, there's some, he's a, a player's coach, does something in the clubhouse, whatever it is, makes him feel comfortable, gets a lot out of him, just hasn't been able to make the moves and hasn't had the roster to get, you know, too deep in the playoffs. Right. Great. But he, that's gone now because if you go out and you say, listen, we had a good talk and the turnaround's coming and then Cole gets shelled the way he does. We lose yesterday's game. Now we're at eight losses in a row. You can't do the one thing that you were good at. Yeah, no, he's completely lost him. And it's almost it's almost too late. I mean, he needed to have this talk, what, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago. But instead, in June and July, he everything's cool. Everything's right in front of us. Loss after loss. And and as soon as they weren't in a playoff spot anymore, which I think was right after the All-Star break. You're not it's not right in front of you anymore. You no longer control your own destiny. You need help. So as soon as he started saying that, I think July 8th was the first day that they were out of a playoff spot. That's when he lost me. I mean, that was really when he needed to have that talk. Maybe after that Cubs series, after the Rocky series, he waits until mid-August when they're what, eight, nine games out of a wild card spot. And the other thing is, you know, he was giving Judge and Stanton all these rest days. Desperate, you know, end of July, early August when they were desperate. And now that they're out of it, now he plays them every day. Like everything he does is wrong and frustrating. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it it's similar to when we say about Cashman, like, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, he's made mo- the moves have to be good moves. It can't just be what we, the fans want. You have to make the good moves. Yeah, no, for sure. And because people will be like, oh, well, Nick, you wanted to re-sign DJ and he's been bad. I, I know. OK, I was wrong. I'm not the GM of the fucking team. Like it's very, very basic here. And there are moves. But I will say, Jack, there are moves that not even a hindsight thing like we knew were bad in the moment. Like everybody knew they should have tried to get signed Freddie Freeman or trade for Matt Olson. 
and he, he, you know, signs Rizzo off the bargain bin or like Machado or Harper. Like we, we were first guessing him. These aren't, these aren't second guessing after the fact, like these were obvious in the moment. A lot of the guys that he's passed on. Yeah, it it's, you know, the game out groom is what I think. It did big time, but it's also the, I, I think it's a combination of the everything's fine and then the arrogance. Oh, like, we're good. You know, we're, everything's right in front of us. And, and Cashman at the deadline say, oh, you know, we're in it to win it. They're extremely arrogant and they're, they're bullish and bullish on, and they're still bullish right now by not calling up any of these kids. They, they still think that Bowers and McKinney and these quad A retreads, you know, are, are the answer because they, you know, Bowers is a guy that I guess the front office found. So they love him and they're going to keep trotting him out there every day. Or they, they found Billy McKinney. It's, it's excruciating. Like his attitude is almost worse than the actual moves. He's well, such a bald prick, man. He's such a prick. <laughs> <laughs> He's so smug. They are waiting. You know, what'd you say it's in September? That's when it, you know, control. They're worried about the extra year of control in 2031. <laughs> That's what it is. That's why if Billy McKinney has, you know, some stiffness in his upper back, we've got Greg Allen. It's none of these guys who are mashing in AAA. You know, I think we're going to see a September of a couple of call ups here and there. Um, You know, maybe we see Austin Wells. Um, But like Austin Wells is just a name that we're familiar with, like. He has but at been- least it gives you a reason to watch. Like, I don't want to watch fucking Kyle Higashioka play catcher anymore. I know what he can do. But what I'm saying is that Austin Wells statistically may not be the guy. And so it's just further of like Boone not doing the right thing. I mean, he's hit 240 this year, which, hey, as a catcher is great. But I think like defensively, isn't he not great? Uh, not great defensively. No, I think he projects long term as a as a left fielder or a corner outfielder, which, you know, we haven't had a left fielder in three years. So maybe we should try that out. Yeah. So <laughs> like, so what I'm saying is it's not like Austin Wells, because when we drafted him, people were like, oh, great. Um, you know, coming out of Arizona, had a good college career catcher. You know, we don't really have like a set catcher of the future after Gary. Gary's getting older. Um, you know, because he did get drafted three years ago. Um, and you know, oh, you know, with that lefty swing, perfect. But it's not like this isn't calling up Aaron Judge. This isn't of course not. Yes. No, no. It's I more think, of a curiosity thing. No, you know that. But I think yeah. a lot of people don't know that. Gotcha. Okay. I know the Pereira guy is, is crushing it. He had the two homers Saturday. I think he's hitting in the mid threes with a lot of power. And I, is, is he a switch hitter? Is he, I don't know what, which hand side he is, but I, I think people just want a reason to watch because watching DJ LeMahieu hobble around, watching Stanton strike out five times a night. No, like nobody, want, none of these guys are worth watching. Nobody, nobody in the starting lineup. Like, I think that's more what it's about. I, I don't think, I wouldn't say the majority of our fans think these guys are the next judge i just think people want a reason to watch like i there's no reason to watch this this national series well i think it's not that like people want a reason to watch people want to watch for the reason that they're being told i want if you're telling me i'm watching because it's right in front of us and there's a lot of season left get fucked 
if I'm watching because you're saying like, hey, you know what? Like we think these kids, you know, we want to see what we got out of them. Totally different situation. But yeah, uh, Pereira, Pereira, I don't know. Everson Pereira, what do you? Yeah, is you know in Double A, it was hitting two ninety one, three twelve in thirty five games in Triple A, playing center field. He's a righty, but like. I don't know. We have openings in the outfield and we don't have a center fielder for next year. No. And I mean, I think Bader, I think Bader's OBP as a Yankee is under 300. I, I want to say he's between 240 and 250 and he's played maybe 35 to 40% of a possible. Like there, there's no way you give him a, a multi-year contract. Like you have to think he's gone next year. Yeah. I mean, I just don't like he's 29 years old. So if your options are to have the 21 year old center fielder that you have to pay the league minimum or the 30 year old or, you know, he'll turn 30 during next season center fielder who has played in grand total 89 games. We're just over a half a season of Harrison Bader and yeah, like bad on base percentage. Um, not a great batting average. Like, yeah, it's just like when you need to free up $10 million, that's a place where you free up $10 million. 100%. And, yeah, he's a great defender, but you can find young, cheap defensive talent. That's not hard to do. Yeah, as a Yankee, 247 average, 280 OBP, and, and you mentioned the games played. Got to think he's gone. But, again, like you just want to see some new blood. And, and I really just – I just want to hear some accountability. Like I want to hear – Cashman say, oh, I didn't, I didn't put a great roster together. We made, we made some miscalculations. If we go into this off season and he says, well, Rizzo's going to bounce back and Stanton's going to bounce back and DJ's going to bounce back. I, I just can't like there, there will really be no reason to watch next year. If that's the pitch. Like, you know, if he came out and said exactly what you're saying and said, Hey, listen, we, some of the moves, yeah, most of the moves didn't work out. You know, we traded for Montes two years ago. Injuries have been tough. Rodon has had a, a rough year with injuries. We feel confident that with a full offseason in our, you know, in our system, da, 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 we can get him back to where he needs to be, um, you know, with just a regular offseason. Cole's amazing. Some of the other moves we made, you know, didn't work out between injuries and between performance. So, you know. We need to play. We need them to play better. We need the guys that we have under contract to play better. And we need to we need to look to fill the gaps. And we need the guys we already have to help shrink those gaps. So they're not as big that we need to field. That's it. That's all you have to say. And you're not, you know, I get like Boone can't say certain things because he needs to try to like keep the clubhouse. But if you just say I need the guy, they all have eyes like DJ LeMay, who knows his shitty batting average. Hey, you say, hey, we need to play better. Yeah, that makes sense. Need the guys we have to play better, stay available. That's and I don't it. want to hear about their internal metrics or you know what they do, what they do internally or the or the underlying data. And the whole thing is like you hear people say, oh, the Yankees are too reliant on analytics. I don't think it's that. I think the Astros, the Rays, the Dodgers, teams like that are very analytical. I just think the Yankees are bad at analytics. Like I think yes. their algorithms, their calculations, their nerds aren't as good as the other nerds. Like I think in today's game, you do need to use analytics a lot. We just fucking suck at it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I think also... Like, how is it? I think her name's it's Emily. I think it's pronounced Nyman, her last name. I feel like looking up right now. Okay, she does, yeah. She's on, on Yankee Twitter. She does yeah, a, yeah. A, a podcast, Breaking Balls, I think. I don't know. Go give her a listen. Um, she had said pretty much what you're saying. Like, people would say the Yankees are two on analytics. And I replied, like, what if they're just, it's just the wrong analytics? Like, they're just look the right idea, but they're just looking at it totally wrong. So it's exactly what you're saying. I think we, yeah, we have analytics, or we just like, we don't have it all the way. Like I think 2018 is considered like the beginning of Yankees analytics and it's just yeah. gone downhill since then, but it's worked yeah, for everywhere else. So it's not just like, Hey, analytics don't work. We just don't know how to read them. Like if you give me a recipe for the greatest meal, whatever, wh- whatever you want. And, but you give it to me in fucking Chinese. That's great. I can't read it. I don't know how to use it. And they just never learn Chinese. I don't know. You're exactly right. And where I started to notice it is when we would be play the Astros in the playoffs and we just kept hitting balls right at them. And you're like, man, you know, we're just getting unlucky. And then I realized, like, no, these Astros nerds just know where to tell the fielders to play. And if you remember in the DS last year against Cleveland, there were at least eight or nine catchable bloop, bloop pop ups down the left field line that. You know, the, that the, that triangle between the third baseman, the shortstop, the left fielder that just kept falling in. And it just became very obvious to me that our defensive analytics guys don't know where to tell the guys where to stand. Like they're looking at those flash cards, those index cards under the hat or whatever. They're just wrong. They, they don't know where we don't know where to position our guys. And we talked about DJ not being ready for a bunt for Altuve. We're just asleep in the field analytically. Yeah, I mean, I think that was a great example you brought up a couple of weeks ago. Of that, and I've gone back to it on um, on Twitter a lot with people who try to defend, the, who like you know, oh, it's it's no one's fault, right? It can't be Boone's fault. It's Cashman's fault. What does Boone ever do wrong? You say, you know, you point that out. Well, how they give him enough money? Like, there's always you got to blame everyone else besides the guys who can be fired. We can't fire Hal. Right. And the thing, yeah. And like people do. And I, I agree. Like Hal's not as good as George. He doesn't care as much as George, but man, 297 million or whatever the fuck our payroll is. That should be enough to be, as they would say, their words, a championship caliber team. Like I get Hal's not the best owner, but like, come on guys, 297 is a lot. There are teams with fucking 60, 80 million. The Orioles payroll is like $80 million. 290 should be enough to be good. Well, I mean, I think as an owner, we could say like running the day to day, Hal doesn't want to do that. Hal doesn't Hal doesn't want to have to make the call and the move to, you know, get rid of Boone. 
uh, to get rid of Cashman or Boone. He doesn't want to do those things. But I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of teams, like you said, with a, a lot of fan bases who would love the, the owner to only care enough to spend two hundred and ninety million dollars. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a lot like road. He authorized the Rodon contract. That was big. Now, I, again, it's it's all about where the money was allocated. I think Matt Olson, who I, I don't know, what does he have? Forty five, forty six home runs for the Braves. I think he got maybe that exact same contract. One sixty six, one sixty eight. I don't know what the Dodgers gave Freddie Freeman, but like it's just. Or again, we go back to Donaldson. I know it's only two years, but giving him the $27 million a year, this is just misallocated funds. It's it's very obvious. Yeah, no, I think it is an extreme, like, yeah, the person spending it is doing a bad job. You know, if you have a personal shopper and they come back with fucking shitty clothes, you have shitty clothes. So you just need a new shopper. You're still willing to spend. Um, yeah, it, it's... It's just such a frustrating time to be a Yankee fan because even like, I mean, the Cole outing, the Cole game suck. Imagine I went to that. I came oh. close at times to being like, you know what? Maybe I should just go. My wife was like, you should just go. It's the place you love. Imagine sitting there for that. No, and it's like I've been to those games where it's over, where Raphael Devers or some I know it was the bottom of the order, guys. But would they just yeah. come up and hit a three run homer in the first inning? It's. It's weird because, man, this time of the year, we're in mid to late August. Usually this is when I start daydreaming about the playoffs and like, which games am I going to go to? Who are we lined up to play? And you just, you start daydreaming about a, a parade. Like you always joke at the end of this show and, and to be in this time and just to be completely dead, like absolutely completely in the grave. It's just like, it's, it's insane. Yeah, no, there's nothing. There's, there is no, uh, there is no playoff, um, I guess I can I can tell like a funny aside is uh, I, I'm not doing it for this one. But like I got pro approach about uh, filling in. Someone had to step down from uh, uh, like a town council thing. And so like I was came up with the possibility of running for office for November. Like I'd be on the ballot. And it, it's not me. I'm not doing it. But one of the things I said, well, I don't got to worry about the Yankees playoffs. Like there'd be no better time to spend October going door to door talking to people. It's it's weird. And it, no, I was doing the same thing with Jamie because generally, you know, I always say, like, don't make any plans in October. And now I'm like, oh, if you want to go to the pumpkin patch or the fucking pick whatever strawberries or whatever people do in the fall, like I guess I'm I guess I'm free now. It's depressing. But the team, the team has quit. The team has quit. Like in 2013, 2014, Girardi had them at least fighting till the end. Like they won some series in the second half. They finished 84, 85 wins. This team has completely given up. Yeah, well, I mean, I, there is a certain amount of people who get mad when they see the um, the players like smiling in the dugout. And I'm just like, oh, you get like, who gives a fuck? At that point, you know, at this point. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, you walk in your house. Somebody's fucking your wife. They're smiling while they do it. You're going to be mad at them for that. Like, no, I don't. Like, I don't. Of course, you're having a good time. You're wearing pinstripes. You're making 40 million dollars a year and you're in Yankee Stadium. Like, yeah, you're going to smile. It's 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 insane. The uh, and like we've talked about judge judge finally said, you know, again, a month late. We're not showing up. Just too little too late. From everybody, but one of the most. I didn't know he was around anymore. Yeah, <laughs> he's hit a couple. You know, of course, when they're down, it's funny when they're down like nine to one against Boston, and he hits a home run, and the, the Twitter catch like, "All rise, baby!" Like, come on, guys, just, just no. Nine, nine games out of a wild card spot, we'd have to beat four teams, two of which are 
West teams who we have no control over. In an expanded in an expanded playoff, mind you, we're we're nine games out. I don't know how many games. If this was like the old format, if whatever, this was the old format, we're fourteen games out of a playoff spot. <laughs> I love I love how you had that ready. There's two really. All of this talk is depressing, but these are the two most depressing stats. This is your boy Neil tweeted this: one hundred four and one twelve since July fourth of last year. Like that is almost two seasons worth. Hell yeah. <laughs> And then Stanton, last 143 games. I forget who tweeted this one. I saw it, which is basically a full season, 183 average, 277 OBP, which tells me he's just finished. Like, that is a large sample size. Yeah, I, like, I don't think he's turning. I mean, he is everything that I said Judge would become. He's just three years older than him or whatever and just ahead of yeah. him at that. Like, yeah, no, that size doesn't get better. I mean, we have a, a team batting average of 230. <laughs> they're, they're, they're so bad. Run, Joe Randazzo, who's our boy, said that uh, Jacoby, 2017 Jacoby Ellsbury with his whatever his WRC plus or whatever was would be like the sec, the third best hitter on this team. And he didn't even he was on the bench that whole year. Like Some of the shit you see is just it's insanely depressing. The Oakland Athletics have a 223 batting average. We're seven points better. The Pittsburgh Pirates, who are the laughing stock of Major League Baseball for a very long time, at least National League, two thirty four. Jesus Christ! So we're are we? Better. We're what like thirtieth out of thirty two in batting average? Twenty ninth out of thirty. Oh my god! Wow, that's yeah. that's really and they're not even hitting home runs anymore. That's the in a Yankee Stadium in a park where it's three fourteen down the right field line and three eighteen down the left we're field seven line. Seven home runs. They must all be solo shots. They got to be because we're not scoring any fucking runs. Yeah, no, we're not. And I'm trying to do they even we're 23rd in RBIs. Oh, that's, that's that's the best one. What do you so everybody all of the the current whatever narrative is that Boone's gone and Cashman's safe. And I've always kind of believed that. But they're they're four games under if they finish if they finish with, I don't know, 73 74 wins and they finish well below 500. Do you, I guess what I'm asking you, is there any scenario where you think Cashman could be fired after this, this season? Yeah. No, no, I think, I think they move on from Boone. Is Boone's contract up this year? No, they'd have, they'd have to eat two years. They gave, or they gave him a three year deal with an option after 21. So he'd have two, two more years or one more year with an Whatever, option. But he makes this. like a yeah. million, million and a half dollars. Yeah. It's not, it's not even real money. Like yeah. it, that's the thing with like changing managers and shit. Like it doesn't matter. General manager. I mean, Cashman probably makes like 5 million a year, but like that's it's chump change compared to the revolt of fans. No, I think what they'll do is unfortunately they will let Brian Cashman pick another manager. <laughs> um, and then I don't know, like, I don't think Hal should be like, here's more money to spend. Like definitely not more than the two ninety. but I say like, Whatever the next lowest like threshold is, it's get us under that. Get us under yeah, that. I think it's like two seventy maybe. Yeah, get do make do with what you have. Get us into the playoffs, and then you get more money. And you get to keep your job. Otherwise, you're gone. I just I don't know even what changing a manager is going to do because Cashman's going to hand that manager a lineup card. He's going to hand him the script for post game press conferences. Like I just I don't know. 
other than like satisfying you know, maybe half of the fan base, it it seems like an eyewash move. We always talk about how Boone doesn't make the roster, and the roster is why they suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying it's a good move. Yeah. I'm not saying what they're going to do is a smart thing. Right. I'm just telling you, I've never said the things that they're going to do are smart things. I'm just telling you the things that they are going to do. It's a historically weak free agent. Like there isn't even a other than signing Otani. There's really not. Nothing we're not going to do. We're not going to be. Otani's not even like Otani's agent isn't even going to set up a bullshit meeting with us to leverage other teams because it's so known that he's not coming here. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty known. I I, I agree. I think it's going to be a boring. I think it's going to be not a fun, not a fun off season. I think if anything, you're going to hear about. Oh, do they? Like is DJ a guy that you just cut bait with? I mean, he looks so he looks so done. Stan's probably too expensive and has four more years. DJ would only have three. Again, are, are they calling teams and saying we'll eat seventy percent of the south? Like I think that's going to be the quote unquote excitement of the offseason. Yeah, I mean, I think like because what do we pay Stan? We pay what twenty two million. So I think basically it how it works: twenty four and twenty five. He has pretty high. It's like I think thirty. And then after that, I think in 25 and 26, maybe it's or 26 and 27, it goes down to like 17 or 18. Yeah, but I think like, but we're only we don't pay all of whatever. The yeah, the Marlins are paying t- like maybe 20 percent of the whole thing. I, I don't have those exact. I have. Figures. So, all right. So he's making 32 million this year. Oh, yeah. making 32 million next year, 32 million in 25 in 26. He makes 29 million. 10 million paid by the Marlins. Okay. 25 million in 27, 10 million paid by the Marlins. And then a team option in 28, 10 million paid by the Marlins. So after 25, we could move on. We could maybe move on from him. If we're only paying 15 or whatever, maybe we could eat 10 of that and maybe, but yeah, like two more years. I think there's like, yeah, there's still, there's a world where, and I don't think it happens soon enough where, you know, you say to the Dodgers, like, do you want the ghost of Giancarlo Stanton for $7 million a year? And because, like, hey, it at least, like, gets us $10 million that can get us a player that gives us more than what he's worth. Oh, exactly. And remember, it's also just the pure taking up of the roster spot for a guy that can, can sort of play the field but can't really. That's a roster spot that that's. It's frustrating. And it's a log jam at DH. It's a thing I've yes. complained about for years. The DH spot used to be a place where you could put a guy who didn't play a lot of field or you could rotate people through it. You and know? they did that perfectly in 2009 because like Damon, Matsui, Jorge and A-Rod, it was like a revolving yeah. four man door and Girardi did that, did that perfectly. Here's another interesting thing that's coming up that not a lot of people are talking about. Garrett Cole has an opt out after 2024 and if they go 80 and 82 next year and he still hasn't won a ring he's getting further from a world series does he exercise that opt-out all right so garrett cole at the end of so after one more season after 24 yeah um or we can void he can opt out and we can immediately void it if we add one more year of $36 million to the end of it. Which, if we're not competitive, is how going to want to do that. Because that, that would bring his total contract to 10 years. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to 
stomach that. It's just it's an interesting conversation to think about his perspective and it, yeah, no, I mean I've said like Cole has to regret at least a little bit of like how this is shaped up. Yeah, I mean the Dodgers won the World Series his first year as a Yankee. He, he could have went there. The Angels have sucked, but I mean, yeah, the no the De- but if you look at it, man, after twenty, like the Angels roster is still the same, just yeah. with Garrett Cole. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, but maybe I mean, they it, don't go out and sign Rendon, which has been bad for them. Yeah, and those were the, really the only three teams, only three teams that that could afford him. It, it'll be an interesting decision for him. I think we only have Rizzo for one more year, but it, it does suck because it doesn't feel like there's not a ton of help on the way on the farm. It's a weak free agent class coming up, and we are locked in with so many of these guys. That's why it's, you know, that's why it's depressing. What do you think Old Timers Day is going to be like this year? We've I mean, never seen an Old Timers Day where they're out of contention. An Old Timers Day where they're out of contention, they're not playing the game. It's really just a tribute to the 98 team and, like, fucking Bobby Mercer's wife. Something to get her out of the house. Like, that. I mean, that's all it is. Like, I don't give a fuck. I, they should cancel Old Timers they Day. Sh- they really should. They really because, should. like, what are you going to do? Hey, remember when we used to not be bags of shit? Like I'm surp- I'm kind of surprised Jeter's going. So what do you think about the rumors going around that Cashman they get rid of Cashman and then Jeter becomes the GM? I, I don't joke. I don't think that that's realistic. What I would like to see is Jeter brought in next year in some kind of official role, like give Derek Jeter a job, a real job. Not just like, oh, advisor, pop in. Like, he needs a real job, show up every day to work, um, and then do it. But similar like how I wanted Boone to be a bench coach. Right. Okay, just just groom him a little bit. I, I see groom what you're saying. Groom him a little bit. Like, I get it. He owned the Marlins. He was the president of the Marlins. But, like, all he did was trade away good players. And I think he was on a path. I mean, they've been competitive this year, like – I think Derek Jeter knows enough about baseball. I would just like to see imagine that sentence. I think Derek Jeter knows some baseball. Um, <laughs> He's key. He knows a little bit. But like Aaron Boone's nine generations of Major League Baseball, let's do a little bit uh, of a bench coach before you're the manager. Let's spend some time in the front office around it. Get a real feel for how things are on the day to day, because I do think that Jeter got into it. He had to make some difficult decisions in Miami. Uh, then, you know, the rest of the ownership group who really held the purse strings weren't living up to what he thought. Now, whether they communicated they were going to do it and they were nigged or whatever it may be. Then, there, you know, let's make sure like it's divide, because I do think a terrible situation is you bring Derek Jeter in, make him the general manager. And three years later, he's gone. Yeah, and if you think about it from his perspective, he's maybe the most beloved athlete of any fan base of any team in professional sports. Like you can make the argument that Yankee fans love Derek Jeter more than any fan base likes any player. And if he does poorly, all of a sudden he's lost that he's lost some of that like unconditional love. Yeah. Yeah, it's a risk. It's a huge risk to take on any kind of role with the Yankees. But if that's what he's gonna want to do, and if they, you know, I think I don't know how GM contracts work, um, but like I think they should build in like some kind of a kicker of like, hey, listen, here's your contract. It's five years, three million dollars a year. If you win a World Series in these five years, you get two percent of the team. 
Man, that'd be that's an incentive. <laughs> right? I mean Yeah. But it's a thing yeah. the fans would like, you know, or one yeah. percent. Like I don't know what he had. I know like Jay Z had one half of one percent. I forget what per- its percentage like Jeter owned, but hey, you can own a piece of the Yankees. I think it's a smart business move. It keeps him involved for forever. Like, hey, you own it, but like you can't just sell it. Yeah, know? I see what you're saying. Like you can't it's like sell stock it off. options. But yeah, you get like some revenue share for forever. You get two percent of the profits of the New York Yankees for forever if you win us a World Series in the next five years. I don't think Hal would even consider it, but I really, I really do like the idea. You and and some teams. I think have it's something president. George would sign off on if he was around. Oh, hundred percent, man. The the if George were were alive statements have never been more true. Like I used to kind of laugh at those when people would say it in whatever, like 2014 or two, but now I'm like, yeah, no, that that's true. Well, now we're yeah. at the point where it's like, if George were alive, he'd kill himself watching this team. <laughs> <laughs> or he'd start killing off employees. Do the Yankees have a president? I know Randy Levine, I think is a president, but do they have like, you know, some teams have a it's president of baseball ops. But he's the G- he's GM and president. Is that his title? Yeah, he became okay. like president years ago. And I think there was a thought that he would. Um, yeah, he he serves as general manager and C- oh, senior vice president. I think there was some thought that like when he took that other role, he'd start to transition out of it years ago. But it yeah. just never happened. I think we need a president of baseball ops. That's it's almost Ra- it's like, Randy. Yeah, it's Randy who's the president. But isn't he? But isn't he like? Isn't business or revenue in his title? He doesn't do anything with baseball ops. Uh, it's just president of the New York Yankees. Gotcha. I think they need a president of baseball ops. Like I know the Phillies have one, and other teams have one, and it's almost somebody to, you know, it's like a somebody to cancel out the GM or, or provide another perspective. I think you have a lot of these young analytics guys and you got to figure, right? Cashman's been there for 40 years. I'm sure everybody's like afraid to disagree with him at this point. I mean, we've worked in a few different companies. Sometimes if you hear the boss or the most popular guy say something and you know, he's wrong or you don't agree with it, maybe you're just not afraid. You're afraid to say something like think about how much power he has in there. Like I, I doubt anybody even ever disagrees with him. Here's one of the problems. I just happen to open Randy Levine's Wikipedia. Yeah. Since the 2000 season, he's served as president of the Yankees. Teams won the World Series in 2000, 2009 during his tenure. Um, in 2007, one of the, he was number 77, 100 most influential people in sports. He's also of counsel with the National Labor and Employment Relations Firm, Jackson Lewis, PC which he's a big labor guy. So he's also has something to do with a law firm and he's won four Emmys as an executive producer of yes, network's Forbes sports money show. Um, he's also the board of directors of AC Milan do the job. Just do one job. Can't we just do one job? Everyone's got too many jobs. <laughs> yeah. They just, they just did the soccer team. Thing like, yeah, I don't even if know. You're what they, really yeah. bad. If you're not doing well at the one job, you got to get rid of some other jobs. I, I know that. I know that for Levine, the, the two big accomplishments are where he got the Yes Network off the ground and he got the new stadium approved, and that that's basically been his two big contributions. Yeah, my and didn't he also like play a role in um getting the COVID vaccine like that you don't need it to play yeah sports. yeah yeah i think so like he's yeah. a fixer i've always just viewed him as like uh listen when shit's getting grimy randy levine's in there 
Like if I had something going on with the Yankees and they're like, yeah, we're going to add Randy Levine to this email. I'd be like, this is bad. This is going down. <laughs> we're going to have to get rid of a body. <laughs> that, no, that's really that's really what he is. Then you got Lon Trost, who I think is like a similar. He might be a maybe he's COO or he might be a yeah. co-president. All yeah, these weaselly guys. Yeah, I think Lon may have done the um, um, COVID vaccine thing. It was okay, one. They got they got a bunch of. Listen, these guys are old New York. These are yeah. the New York that I grew up on. <laughs> I like it. But yeah, you just gotta like. I don't know. I just don't know like where we go. He's the COO. It's yeah. weird. It's it's weird to like be in this spot as a podcaster. Did you watch? Did you actually sit down and watch like nine innings at, at any point last Put week? Out of your fucking mind? No. All right. Yeah, me neither. I think I watched no. four innings total. Yeah, I've watched more. Like I was absolutely shocked that like Labor Torres was our first player to fifty RBIs. Like they announced that 50. during the game. Yeah. We have him and Anthony Volpe both have fifty. And that's it. That's the top. We're the last team to get someone to 50 RBIs. I am really sick and tired of seeing this since since the chicken parm dinner. And every time like I see one of those tweets about Volpe and then I go to his baseball reference page and he's hitting 215 or 219 he, or whatever. Did he get up to that? <laughs> no, no way. That would be huge. That would be huge. Where's your batting average? Where is it? 217. Wow. Oh, okay. It's climbing. It's climbing. It was 211 last week. Like since the chicken parm dinner is WRC, like, no, I, when I watch him with my actual fucking eyes, I see a guy that swings for the fences on every pitch. And he has hit a couple three run homers recently. Sunday had one in Miami's whatever. But like he looks like if, if he becomes a 220 guy that hits 23 homers a year, that is going to be such a massive fucking discipline. It's so useless. Yeah. If, if you tell me I got a shortstop. And he's going to hit 17 home runs. That's a nice little surprise. You tell me he's got 126 strikeouts on August 21st, and we're in trouble. You know, his on-base percentage is under 300. This guy is supposed to get on base and steal. He had 13 stolen bases in the first four innings of the first game of the season, and he's got 20 now. Like, (laughs) we stopped running because he's not on base. If he was on base, if he was batting 250, he'd probably have another 15 stolen bases. Yeah, the speed is kind of useless when you're not getting on. He he he's like Luke Voigt with wheels. He 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 has the Luke Voigt approach at the plate where he swings out of his shoes no matter the count, no matter the score. And and when he rarely does get on, then he can steal bases. He needs to take a massive jump next year just in terms of bat to ball skills. Yeah. And like hit 250, 260, 265, something in there. I'm sick of hearing the the tweets about him. But did you I forget it wasn't Eric Kratz, but it was some podcast where it was like a former Yankee prospect was talking yes. about the drills they do. Let's talk about that. What did you think of that? I mean, I think it is just an inside view at everything that we've suspected. Like we're focusing on hitting the ball. You know, they're, they're measured on how hard they hit the ball, not how often they hit it. Like they're not being taught. Here's how you make good contact. Here's how you get your exit velo up. That was such a simplified and depressing Stand there focusing on how hard they hit the ball, not how often they actually hit it. That's so true and so depressing. That was a real thing that he said. Like, he was just like, that's what we were doing all T work. We weren't seeing pitches at all. And it was like the game was like whoever hit the most balls over the exit velo. And it was like 95 miles an hour. Like, you didn't get points for getting actual hits or running. And he said they don't teach any base running, which is so obvious watching this team. 
Yeah, no, there's no like, hey, let's just get the refresher. Like, there are times where I'm sure as professional athletes, there are drills they have to do where they're like, we're professional athletes. It's stupid to have to do this, right? Why should we have to practice base running? And then when you don't, you now see like, oh, shit, this is what had this is why all those times you have to like practice this stuff. Yeah. And to be honest, it's I don't want to romanticize about Joe Girardi or have revisionist history like me and my dad were never big, big Girardi guys. He just seemed like such a fucking square. Didn't love his bullpen management. He he was boring and he seemed really uptight. But looking back, it's like, wow, I kind of miss him because, you know, he was always on top of the fundamentals. They didn't make very many mental mistakes when he was here. At At least he was on top of them. And now it just seems like it's been a complete lack of discipline. And I just want the next manager something between the military sergeant and the California pothead. Not one of those extremes. Give me something in the middle of a Girardi and a Boone. Yeah. Can I just point something out? That Anthony Volpe hitting 217, 17 home runs, 20 stolen bases, has 11 errors. We're not talking about his fielding. It's not an issue. Last year, Isaiah Kainafalefa, Hit 261, only had four home runs, 22 stolen bases, only struck out 72 times, got on base at a 327 clip instead of sub 300, and only had 15 errors at shortstop. God, this is just depressing. So, so like, everyone who was just like, everyone was like, Volpe's the fucking greatest. Yeah, like, yeah. He hit a chicken parmy, hit home runs. IKF was the worst. There's checks and balances in there. Where, like, what we need is a shortstop who's going to pop 10 to 15 home runs, but get on base at, like, a 375 clip. That's where you help us. And, yeah, neither of those seasons are good for, from where from where I said. Like, we need yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah, it's not what we're yeah. looking for. Yeah. But, but the thing is, is Volpe, again, I, this sounds ridiculous. I feel like because he's homegrown Italian and from North Jersey, he is going to get a longer leash and way more – you know, he's going to be babied way more than any other product. Look how they've treated Volpe and look how they've traded Peraza for like, I think Peraza has better production when he's been in the majors. They they treat him like the redheaded stepchild and they treat Anthony Volpe like the, the heir to the throne. Because we're a marketing team that plays baseball. <laughs> That's what it is. The Yankees are a marketing firm that has a recreational baseball team. Just so you go to Central Park, you see some co-ed softball, you head up to the Bronx. That's what it is. We're a recre- <laughs> we're a marketing firm with a recreational baseball team. It's the same thing. Like, you know, some people are doing a wrestling show on TV. Some people are doing a TV show about wrestling. That's the difference between AEW and WWE. And the key word is recreational over over professional. <laughs> it, it, and it's a shame, too, because they did have, you know, it's like, oh, in, in September, I think they have six against the Blue Jays and three against the Red Sox. If they hadn't completely melted down, like we might have had some meaningful might have had some meaningful mid-September baseball and they've just like eight in a row is, is crazy. They've completely given up. It's, it's listen, so depressing. Man. Listen, I want them to win the world series, but they weren't going to do it. Might as well flame out now. So I don't fucking waste my September dude. It, here's where we are, right? You know, no, no, we're planning the thing. I've got every weekend. I signed, I'm coaching for and under youth soccer in the fall. <laughs> Cause that's it. I don't need my Saturdays. I yeah. don't, I don't need to go anywhere. So 
like that. That's all it is. It's just like I don't have to plan around those. I'm hoping that in other years I won't be able to do soccer because I've got Yankee games to go to. That's um, the goal. My kids then. I know we only have a few. We only have a few minutes left, but I feel like me and you are both rooting. I want this to get as ugly as possible. I want Brian Cashman to be as uncomfortable as possible. Like I want him up there on October 1st defending a 73-74 win team. I don't want to hear about the 500 streak, the winning record streak. I I, I want to see them basically be as bad as possible, and I want him to fucking sweat. Like, is he at the stadium during these games? Here's He's the way I look at it. It's like we're four games under 500, right? We've just lost eight in a row. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can win this series against the Nationals. If we do that, <laughs> we're still three games under. There are still good teams that we have to play. Like, to make up this four – if we were four games out of a playoff spot, it'd be like, all right, well, there's a hunt because we've been in this hunt. The yes. hunt for 500 is not a real hunt. Oh, not not at all. It's 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 a joke, and I, I don't want him. I'm because every time you see oh why Cashman won't get fired, it's because of the it's because of the 500 streak. I don't want to see that. They are going to the trap this weekend. That is an absolute guarantee of a sweep. No shot they win any of those. Then they have the at the Tigers who suck. We go to Houston. That's three losses. Go to Boston again, and again six more with Toronto. I think this could end up being a you know I think they could win. They might only win like 10, 12 more games the rest of the year. It's not that out of the realm of possibilities. And yeah, we're like, yeah, we got six against the Tigers, but like we also suck. Right. right like right. it's easy to be like, oh, well, they suck. But like, no, we also suck. There's a three game difference between our two teams. And the three games could be any one of those series. <laughs> we do. The like, headline, the top headline on Yankees.com is. Andy Pettit embracing advisory role with Yanks. That's that's their big dude. Like, what does that mean, dude? What are you fucking Andy Pettit zooming in? What the fuck does that mean? Dude, hire him as a coach. Make him wear fucking the stupid pants every day. What has Sean Casey done? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, that's it's but he would be gone. So they fired Boone like Boone hired Casey, right? So that means Casey would be gone and the new manager would come in. Normally the whole coaching staff. Is yeah. Good. Okay. So he's going to be a half a year guy. Yeah. Yeah. This was just like, this was a toe in the water. See if he wants to do it. And guess what? After you do this, you probably don't want to do it again. I think that's all we got. Nick's got stuff to do. I got it. I'm going to go drown myself. In my it's my anniversary. Enjoy it. Don't think about the Yankees tonight. Uh, trust me. I'm I'm sure shit not going to do this today, especially on a, an off day. No way. Um, you follow Nick on Twitter at NKirbyNYY. If the Yankees make him kill himself, he promised to do it on a live stream. Uh, <laughs> you follow me at JJ from the Bronx. I'll be probably tweeting about other stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're not going to see you at a parade. There is no parade this year. I hate to be the one to break it to you. Parades are stupid. <laughs> Parades are stupid. Honestly, I have dreaded the entire time that we have done this show that if they won, I would have to actually go to a parade. It's the lowest form of entertainment that we have as a society. We have evolved. I don't even watch Thanksgiving. All right. Be better than the parade. <laughs>